Ernie, blow on a shell, Ernie. Coming to you live from the beach at Waikiki. It's the Junior Keiko Eva Jr. Show, starring Junior Keiko Eva Jr. Join Junior along with the Wayne Bodhey Band as he makes any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Keiko Eva Jr. We stay on the podcast, Hawaiians. We stay on the podcast. Bro, oh man, this was on this was on break for us, bro. We was on break for a few days. And um yeah, we was on break because you know this thing called Hano. See, that that's what we call them in, in, in Hawaiian, we call them Hano. See in, in English you guys call them asthma. And uh oh brown. I was, bro, I was wheezing like when the guy, bro, I thought, oh, I sounded like I was 85 years old, bro, trying to, trying to climb up the steps of the handy van, bro. Woohoo! Hey, wanna say how's it to, uh, the guys, bro, you guys listening from out of town, I gotta tell you, this morning we had 1,836 people listening, and, um, bro, we get the stats right here. So, so we get the stats from, uh, all over the place, bro. And and the countries we got a mahalo. We gotta say thank you. You guys tuning in. A mahalo means thank you in Hawaiian. And so we wanna say a mahalo to the Netherlands, United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Germany, Belgium, Italy, and Peru. Peru. That's where they get the kind of llamas, eh? You know kind of llamas. You can yeah, but they look like donkeys, but kind of the same but different. Uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of the same but different Hawaiians. So, so we like to, uh, we like to share the, the, the kind, the stats with you guys, uh, with you guys. So we're going to the dashboard right now. So this is a dashboard. Can we have a drum roll, please, bro? This is like what telethon kind of stops, bro. They don't even do telethons anymore, huh? Telethons is Gandhi's, bro. Gandhi's. Hey, so, uh, the states listening is California, Texas, Virginia, Montana, Nevada, Utah, Washington, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, New Jersey, Tennessee, North Dakota, South Carolina. Boy, that's a new one right there. North Dakota, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. So we'd like to say mahalo to the new states. And we hope you guys like the podcast. If you guys can't understand what we're doing, uh, you know, because I speak pigeon. Uh, pigeon is on the can. I, I know you guys are, what the hell is pigeon? Pigeon is just broken English. That's what we do in Hawaii. We speak la that. La that. Okay, so when I say la that, it means like that. Okay, like that. So, so some people say, oh, bro, well, how, how come you can just speak English on your podcast? And I say, well, I could speak English on my podcast, but I like jam. So I just I just do the PG in the can. All right, so, um, okay, now, Wailuku was always the winner. Like, Wailuku was always the highest percentage of listenership in Hawaii. That has changed. It is now Honolulu with 33%. Wailuku is 29%. Kailua is 9%. Waiawa is 7%. Uh, why not? It kind of goes down for there. Why not? What's up? Uh, Kaneohe, Kapolei, Aiea, Waipahu, Hilo, Mililani Town, Ever Beach, Pearl City, and Pearl Harbor. We like to mahalo you guys. Especially all you service guys at Pearl Harbor. Uh, you Navy guys, all you guys like that. But we want to say 
want to say hazard and and thank you for your service to our country our country is very important and and we love our country and we just want to say thank you want to say mahalo uh for your service uh to the country that's very important you know when you when you when you guys see military guys see that's that's the one thing you know like when i see military guys and i see guys you know like they, they could be in starbucks standing in line they could be any place right i always thank them for their service so another group of people that you should thank for their service is HPD. When you see a police officer and stuff like that, just stop and say, hey, bro, thank you for your service. I don't care where you are. You could be, you could be in, you could be in the kind, uh, in Peru, right? <laughs> when you see a police officer in Peru, thank them for their service. Because they're there for protect you guys. Well, I don't know about third world countries, right? Maybe the cops over, because I know in the Philippines what they do. Like the cops, they make big money over there because they stop all the shipments of stuff and then they take them to their warehouse and then <laughs> and then they, they deal it. Their family dealing them out the back door. You know what I'm saying? But but anyway, no, no I, I'm I'm serious. But like over here, right uh, in America, please and thank you, EMT workers. You know, so so these people show up, right? You know, when you get one heart attack, but the EMT is gonna show up and then they will work on you. Right? <laughs> But you know what? I noticed the firemen always get there first. The firemen, bro. So HFD, Honolulu Fire Department, all you fire departments out there, we want to say thank you and mahalo because, bro, tell you, if I get on a heart attack one day, I would be so happy to see firemen. But <laughs> and they would be pumping my chest and they, you know, and then throwing me in the ambulance after that. So when you see these people, but just tell them thank you, tell them mahalo, tell them thank you. Be be grateful. And just a preach. I mean, you, you don't need to buy them coffee if you see them in Starbucks, you know. I don't know that kind of money, you know, buying every military guy I see coffee, right? But I'm just saying, like, just go in it. Just tell them how's it. Tell them thank you. And, and just say, hey, thank you for your service. You know, that's what I do. Anyway, and, and that that's good because then they feel appreciated, right? But, you know, people just want to feel appreciated. That's all. You just make people feel appreciated. That's all they want. That's all, well, maybe that's not all they want, but I mean, you know, that's, that's a good start, right? Oh, man. So, so we was talking the other day and, and we was talking about, you know, how they're legalizing weed, right? And now there's some kind of conspiracy going on. See, there's some conspiracies going on. So now they're saying, they're saying stuff like, whoa, you know, they, somebody told me, oh, uncle, you, you gotta go on YouTube and you gotta go search, you know, weed, right? And, legalization of marijuana and what they're doing because they like control the weed now the big corporations so i went on top and i went go look and yeah there's some big corporations you know but there's some small hui's you know hui so for you guys out of town hui means group so there's there's a group of people right there's groups of people and some of them are physicians some of them are you know business people right and then you get the big corporations right because they get big money they can invest in anything. You, you can tell them, you can tell them, get gold up in a mountain, they will buy the mountain and they will start mining, right? Because they get the money to do that, right? So, I mean, they, they're doing that, but they, they, there is this thing, right? That they want to control the potency and they want to control the, the type of uh, marijuana, right? They want to control that thing. So, in other words, um, if they if they get control, right? I mean, this is only theory, right? This is only theory. I'm just saying the theory. If they get control, then they can they can kind of dilute them down a little bit. You see what I'm saying? 
And if they dilute them down a little bit, then the medicinal, I get a hard time say $10 words, medicinal value, right? Like for the medicine kind. Then that goes down. And the same guys that are investing in that run the pharmaceutical companies. A lot of pharmaceuticals getting involved in this now. A lot of pharmaceuticals are investing in this. And so, so what you have here is, you know, cause the pharmaceuticals, okay, I know billionaires. I know billionaires that are trying to fight the pharmaceutical companies because pharmaceutical companies want to keep you sick so they can keep treating you so you can keep buying the medicine, right? And some of these cancer pills, bro, one pill costs like a couple thousand dollars, okay? So, so it's in their best interest. Now, if you was in the pharmaceutical company, right? What would you do with the competition, right? You gonna fight the competition? Of course. How are you gonna fight them? Well, if you get enough money, you can buy them out, right? Okay. So if you can buy them out, and if you can take that, that that marijuana, and you can dilute that bugger down so it don't cure stuff anymore, and the only thing that they get for the kind, right, is your pharmaceuticals. Okay. Ta da! There you go, Hawaiians. Okay. Boom. There you go. All right. So that's just what I'm hearing. Okay. So what they're doing is they want to limit the amount that you can grow privately. Okay. Now you get these other guys on the other side and they call, they call the, uh, the GMOs, right? <laughs> the GMO. Good old GMOs. But they're trying to play God. So what they're doing is they're taking mangoes, right? If they're taking, okay, I'm just using mangoes as an example, but they're taking mangoes, right? So they're taking these damn mangoes and they're making these mangoes uh, resistant to pests, right? So like the bugs, right? The bugs, they come and eat the mangoes and all that kind of stuff. So they're trying to take these mangoes and they're trying to inject them with all this kind of stuff so that the, the pretty soon the mangoes is resistant to, to bugs and whatever. Then they don't need to spread too much pesticide, right? On a, and that's their selling point, okay? But here's the thing, right, Hoynes? They're taking these mangoes, right? And they're genetically modifying them, okay? So this has nothing to do with God or natural anything, right? They're scientifically doing this stuff. So pretty soon, right? And no more studies right now, like, like okay, humans eating uh, modified food. Like, uh, what, what effect does it have on humans, right? Because if they knew the effects, you know, like, oh, well, we've been feeding these guys genetically modified bananas, and uh, now they're growing horns, uh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying, right? The growing horns, right? I mean, bro, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. Now, I'm not trying to put fear in anybody or the fear of the unknown and all this kind of stuff. All I'm trying to tell you guys, right, is that you don't know what's going to happen, right? And so if I was you guys, when you guys, you know, get to the, the, the point where you guys can tell your legislatives, you know, go ahead, go vote no on this bill, whatever, you better tell them vote no. Now, here's the problem, right? Money. Money is always a problem. Because they're padding the pockets of these politicians, right? And they go pad these pockets, okay? Now, padding pockets. Bro, I've been around politicians. Bro, I know the scoops. I've been in the back room. I've been... But I sat down to dinner with the governor and I asked the hard questions, right? I mean, you know, I get to I get to do all this stuff, okay? I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I've been there, Right? So a lot of people don't get there. A lot of people don't really get to like do this stuff firsthand. They don't get to hear the conversations firsthand. They don't get to they don't get to uh, you know, 
uh, witness this stuff firsthand. I give a witness firsthand, okay? But I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention which governor. I'm not going to mention all that, okay? But that's the, my business is not to drag anybody down. My business is to make you guys think, yeah. Okay? So, so, so we sitting down, right? And this was on backroom kind of stuff. And they're talking about stuff. Now, the, the padding of the pockets doesn't go like, okay, you vote yes on our bill and we'll give you $10,000 or $20,000. No, it doesn't go like that. So sometimes the politician will have a business interest, okay? And they will make a legal purchase in this interest, okay? Sometimes it's real estate. Sometimes they will they will buy a section of land and they will they, they do them legal they do them legal and then when they turn over the title stuff like that but it's perfectly legal and nobody knows and and the reason nobody knows is because it's not cash in the bank so cash in the bank but you got to know that the irs will jump on you if you deposit 10 grand or more in the bank they would jump on you they would jump on you go hey where you got this from you got to declare you got even the bank the bank will give you the papers, right? Because the bank no like be under the can, right? The microscope. You see what I'm saying? So all this stuff happens. Bro, I've been sitting, I had dinner with the governor one time. And we were saying, governor, what about these GMOs here? And the governor was so stressed out. Bro, the governor was stressed out about that, right? And and, and so we was talking story, right? We was talking story. And, and so the future of this stuff, right, really depends on the people. Okay, and that leads me to the next topic, okay? The Hawaiian community, okay, the Hawaiians. Now, the, the, the Hawaiians, bro, the Hawaiians lately, I'm so proud of the Hawaiians. But I like stand up on a roof sometimes with my Kamehameha spear, right? In my malo, and, and I like yell, ikumau mau, right? That's <laughs> like, ikumau mau! But, but I like, I like yelling, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't like them take me to the funny house, but... I bet that's what I feel like doing. You know, I feel like I feel like putting on my model, grabbing my spear, and going up on the roof and, and go mo mo, right? And and the bugger echoed on the valley. You know what I mean? But I like to do that. Okay, I like that. That was in my mind, Hawaiians. Okay, but I never get the gods for pulling them off because you know I don't like them come arrest me and and take me up to the red roof in Kaneohe. You know, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, so but but what I'm really getting at is I'm proud of these guys. Because the younger generations of Hawaiians, right? These young guys, bro, they're coming out in numbers. And finally, when I see the representation in the Hawaiian community, right? These guys is Hawaiians. They're Hawaiians. They're young Hawaiians, okay? There was a time, okay? And, and the time was not too long ago, Hawaiians. The time was not too long ago where the Hawaiian community was run by Portuguese, I don't know if you guys remember this. You guys remember this? Right? Okay, these Portuguese. And they were, because the Portuguese went to school. Okay? <laughs> now the Hawaiians go in school. Thank God they're going to college. Right? But but this Portuguese was the only one who went to college. And, it, and you could tell. You could tell there was Portuguese. Right? Because the chick, they would they would interview this chick. Whatever, she had the unibrow right across. Straight across. Right? And you knew she was Portuguese. But she looked like Kunishki. She had the sideburns, everything. She had mustache, everything. She would be, and they would, and, but she was knowledgeable. But she knew about this kind of stuff. Right? And she knew what she was talking about. She was educated, all that kind. She would study Hawaiian stuff. Everything. You know, and we knew her. We knew her. She had about eight boyfriends, I think, because, you know, they brought the Hawaiians. But Hawaiians, I, I don't know if you guys know, but 
The Hawaiians was not the colonial one man, one woman kind of society. It wasn't like that. Okay. Which is why when you come to Hawaii, nobody has a problem. With, right? Nobody has a problem with, oh, well, he's married, but he get, he get, he get two girlfriends. Oh, well, <laughs> welcome to Hawaii. Right? Okay. But, but this chick, bro, she was knowledgeable. And they would ask her, like, any kind of questions about Hawaiiana, about the Hawaiians. You know, they, sometimes they found, they found Evie someplace, right? The bones. And then she would, she would comment. And she could tell you, like, like, what graveyard used to be there or what kind of sacred ground was there. But she could answer anything. And, and she, so she would answer. Okay. And we just had one problem with the whole thing. And we wasn't racist. We wasn't racist. We just was looking. We go, how come the Portuguese is answering for the Hawaiians? I mean, that's the only question we had, right? And and the reason why wasn't because it was prejudice. The reason why was we say, hey, where's the Hawaiians? You know, like the question I always ask on a podcast. What about the Hawaiians? You know, so so we we thought, right? We thought, I mean, like, okay, if you get an African American issue, just suppose, okay. Just as an example, if you get an African-American issue, wouldn't you expect, like, if a news reporter went out to get details on an African, like, they're talking about Martin Luther King, for example, right? Wouldn't you think that they would talk to an African-American about it? I mean, you know, like, somebody who actually, you know, knew the stuff or whatever, and the, and the history and whatever, you know, if, if they interviewed a white guy for Martin Luther King, right, I would have questions, I would, and the first question I would ask is, couldn't they find an African-American that knew about this stuff? I mean, because it, it's closer to the source is what I'm saying, Hines. Right? It's closer to the source. There's nothing wrong with white people. There's nothing wrong with African-Americans or Hawaiians or Portuguese. I'm just saying. So that's the question we had. We had the, what about the Hawaiians? Where's the Hawaiians? Right? And then all of a sudden had one Hawaiian that came up and started talking. And she got her Ph.D., Right, and then she started talking, and then we go, "Well, that's an improvement." But she still had on Portuguese last name, right? And then we don't like mention who, but I mean, you know. And then then the sister came up, right? And we go, "Okay, that's good. Well, they they both PhDs, but but they both Portuguese, the Hawaiian Portuguese, right? But at least they would look more Hawaiian than Portuguese, right? They never had the unibrow. They actually look good. They was you know sisters, right? They they look like sisters. They go, okay, all right." But and, and it kind of went kind of went from there. Now, when we had this Mauna issue, right? So we had the Mauna issue. The Hawaiians won. The Hawaiians won, Hawaiians. Right. They, so for you guys in the mainland, you guys always DMing me, asking me about, like, Hawaiian issues. You guys always asking me about that kind of stuff. Well, you guys got to know that the Hawaiians prevailed. Nothing's been done up there. Nobody went build nothing yet, right? They will stop the whole damn thing. Not only that. They win waste so much. The state win waste so much money on securities, all of that, right? The, all the acronyms went up, right? All the acronyms. HPD was up there. The, I don't know if they had fire department, but all the, all, all the Big Island police, everybody was there. Everybody went up. They spent over 11 million, count, count it, million, 11 million dollars on security. Just security alone. And plus, they had to have bathrooms, all of that. Accommodate everybody about it. Took up the whole nine yards, set them up, everything, right? Okay. But then when they interviewed the Hawaiians, right? The one thing I was happy. Had this young Hawaiian boy. And, bro, this guy was smart. And and he, bro, he knew everything. And he had the kind of knowledge that back in the old days, you only got from the kupuna. 
So you could tell this guy did his homework, right? I was so proud of that guy. I was like, yeah, I, I even forgot his name. I would mention his name because, uh, you know, I think he deserved major props. But I forgot his name. But but this guy, bro, he's on it like a hornet. And he knew everything about the Hawaiian issues. And, and not only that, he wasn't the kind of militant kind. You know, the kind of angry kind. You know, kind of angry kind of Hawaiians. You know, sometimes you get angry Hawaiians, right? And you cannot blame the Hawaiians for being angry. I mean, if somebody took all your land and all of a sudden, you know, the tables was turned and, and this was your own land and everything is, is backwards, right? You would be angry too, right? And and so, but this kid, he wasn't angry. He came from one Pono place. Everything was Pono. And then and, and all the guys that went up, right? All the guys that went up, right? It was all level-headed, no violence, nothing. They went up, they danced, they did their cultural practices, right? They did their prayers. They did everything. And, and bro, it was peaceful, everything, okay? $11 million went pew, right? And then pretty soon the state was like, oh, I don't know how much we can uh, keep going with this kind of stuff. We're throwing money down the, down the, down the loo already. <laughs> you know, so, so they, they caught them off. They go, okay, boys, <laughs> head out, and they, and, and they pull them out, Right? But, but the main bottom line thing is that, for me, right, is that now, the younger generation, you get Hawaiians talking for Hawaiians. You get Hawaiians dealing with Hawaiian issues. And not only that, but the younger generation is ma to all this stuff. I mean, these guys are Akamai. They, they're smart. These guys know their stuff. And they, bro, they're right there. They're hands-on, everything. And, and they're right there. And, and you know, I, I really proud of these guys. I really proud of these kids. The Hawaiian community is in good hands right now, and and you know that 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 Portuguese lady. I think she retired. <laughs> I think she retired. But you know what? At that time, I'm not I'm not downing it. I'm not I'm not ragging on the Portuguese lady. Okay, I just saying that at that time, she was the one. She was the one because you know what? She was the one teaching Hawaiian. She was a professor. And then had the other two chicks, right? They were sisters. And then they was professors, right? One of them still a professor. And they teaching young Hawaiians. And that's the best thing you can do, right? Because you got to teach the kids. And then you got to hope that the kids going to carry on, right? Because some kids, right? You teach them, you teach them all you like. <laughs> and it goes in one ear, comes out the other. You know what I mean? But but these kids, everything was sinking. And you can tell because they're all, they're all porno. And they're all getting... A more uh, spirit of lokahi going on. See, the whole thing in in the beginning of this whole Hawaiian stuff, right? Started in the 70s with the Renaissance and the Renaissance came. But I was, I was right there. I was a small kid, but I seen all this stuff, right? So seen Gabby Painui come back with the Hawaiian music. We seen Genoa Calvin. We seen all these people come. And they all brought something to the table. Palani Vaughn and his, his, his knowledge, right? And, and his education that he did through his music. And, and he went and educated Hawaiians. And and he bro, he knew more about Hawaiian history, brother, than, than anybody I knew at the time. And and me and Palani Vaughn used to talk story. I mean, you know, he's gone now. God rest his soul. God bless him, bro. But but Palani Vaughn used to tell me, and hey, we used to talk story in the sauna at at the at the Honolulu Club, bro. He, he used to sit down right there, me and him, and we used to kuka kuka. Okay, so uh, that means talk story for you people in Peru. Okay, <laughs> you you people in Germany, we appreciate you tuning in. And so, so, but, but this kind of stuff, right? So, so it came from the seventies, the eighties, the nineties. By the time you hit the nineties, right? 
kids was fluent in Hawaiian already. Because people in the 80s started going, hey, we, we need to bring back the language, right? Even in the, in the 70s started, hey, we need to bring back the language. And they started bringing them back slowly. But at the time when we was watching TV, we saw the Portuguese representing the Hawaiian community. It was like, hey. But, you know, but one thing we can say for certain, see, because I, I get part Portuguese. I get one. I can talk. I can say Portuguese if I like. Uh, uh, Portuguese, right? <laughs> yeah, so... But I get I get I get one six uh one one eight Portuguese, but the bug are strong. You know, you see what I'm saying? So anyway, so so I mean I'm just saying that at the time it was only these Portuguese ladies, right? And they was in charge and had this one holy guy, this German guy. He was fluent in Hawaiian. His heart was Hawaiian. And it's thanks to these people, right? They they went they went pass them down, pass them down. They took an interest, right? They saw they saw what was going on. They took in inches. And that's where their heart was. And then it kind of went down like that. But right now, you got a whole bunch of Hawaiian kids. And the Hawaiian youth, right, every time there's a march, bro, you see all these young Hawaiians. And and that, to me, is something to be proud of. And, and the Hawaiians finally took control. And the Hawaiians are finally in control of the Hawaiian community. Hopefully, these guys can work together. Because back in the day, the only thing that, that was really bad for the Hawaiians is that they had so many sovereignty groups and nobody would agree because there was a bunch of money at stake, right? It's like, okay, so if whoever going to get control going to get the money, right? And then so you had all these groups and then they was all divided. Hopefully now we can see a little bit more lokahi. Lokahi is togetherness, right? We can see a little bit more lokahi little bit more aloha, little bit more cooperation, right? And these guys can come together and actually get something done that's really good for the Hawaiians. I mean, you know, so, so you know, we, we, we look at this stuff and, and we thought it was kind of funny, you know, because we always used to say, hey, the Portuguese running the Hawaiian community. And then pretty soon, boom, the Hawaiians running the Hawaiian community. And it, that's and that's really and I, I don't think we need to worry about this anymore because I don't think it's gonna go back to anybody. I think the Hawaiians have full control and they're taking them from here. And there's a bunch of of younger Hawaiians that really understand the issues and and they're gonna take them. You know what I mean? They they're gonna take them. You know, as far as the the legalizing weed and stuff, bro, I don't know about that. That has me concerned because you know what? Every time money is involved, right? And this is a big money industry, bro. This, this could be bigger than pharmaceuticals, I mean, later on, right? And the big threat to the, to the pharmaceuticals is that this could cut into their profits, right? If you got people getting well, right, from weed, from marijuana, right? And, and then, you know, they don't need the cancer drugs and then they don't need the $2,000 pills. You see what I'm saying? Bro, this, okay. For every illness on earth, okay, even the ones that they create in the lab, and trust me, they create a lot of illnesses in the lab, but that's another podcast, Hawaiians. They, they create stuff in the lab, and they seed them out, right? Okay? If you think that AIDS came from green monkeys in Africa, something's wrong with you, okay? It did not come from a green monkey biting a human being, and, and that's not how AIDS started. Yeah, but but that's another podcast, Hawaiians, okay? It started in a laboratory, okay? By a request from a government agency. We'll get into that on another podcast. But what what I'm saying, Hawaiians, is when you start cutting into major profits of a corporation or a group of corporations, 
Okay? Then, that's when, when you start affecting their bottom line and their money, that's when things get dangerous, okay? And that's when, you know, planes disappear off the radar and, and you, and you, and you go, hey, what? They never found the plane? They go, no, they never found the plane. Oh, interesting. And who's on the plane? Oh, we had six guys. They had the patent to this brand new, uh, technology, uh, stuff. And then, and they was all on that plane. They was going to this, uh, meeting and, and only one guy that never, uh, you know, catch the plane uh only that guy is the survivor and and now he's the only one get the get the path into the stuffs and everybody goes huh you know but i think the hand was bigger than i think the head went all the way up and huh? <laughs> all the way up huh because because it was a conspiracy right okay so at that point you know there's a difference between a conspiracy and something done on purpose, right? I mean, you know, yes, it's a conspiracy, but now when people go, oh, that's conspiracy theory, that is conspiracy theory. They want to dismiss it like, like it never happened, like it wasn't real, like, like it didn't exist, right? Like somebody was crazy. Okay. So I'm here to tell you that no, it's not that somebody was crazy. These things actually happen, okay? But these things actually happen when there's a lot of money involved, okay? If it's just one guy standing on a street corner yelling out the truth, everybody's going to look at him like he's crazy, okay? But if it's somebody actually doing something about it, right? And then they get one company. The first thing is they get one offer they cannot refuse, okay? And they either sell their company to the bigger company, but if they keep if they keep pushing, they like keep pushing, pushing, at some point... They, they're gonna get they're gonna get one of them offers and if they decline the offer something happens right something happens Hawaiians. I mean that's just the way it is it's just it's you know it's not it's not like it's you know it's not like it's surprising I mean just do your homework and you go find out every time there was a cure for something right it was dismissed and and sometimes the guy who was bringing out the information, mysteriously disappears, you know, da, 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 right, so anyway, but, but, you know, it, it, it's just the way it is, it is what it is, so hopefully you guys can grow your own, right, if you guys do that, right, or if you guys know somebody that's sick, you know, grow your own, hey, go for it, but, but, you know, this kind of control kind of stuff, and then pretty soon they're gonna lock them down, and pretty soon we get all kind of regulations, and that's all they do, Hawaiians, they just keep regulating, 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 Pretty soon, it's so hard for the everyday guy, right? It's out of reach. And then the only recourse for them is what? Buying from the corporation, okay? Then then you can be buying weed that's like 116th the strength of the original. You see what I'm saying? And then, but bugger not going to cure nothing, right? Bugger probably not even going to cure one headache, Hawaiians. You know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh bro, I got to go. I, I'm sorry, Hawaiians. Anyway, but yeah, do your homework. Do your homework. And the podcast is being brought to you by Island Club and Spa. Also, Voicemaster Enterprises. And, uh, of course, AFM Hawaii Music featuring the music of Darren Chinane. It's uh, on iTunes. Check him out. Brother is awesome, bro. Let me tell you, he is awesome. Hey, uh, the views and opinions and the subject we talk about on the podcast has nothing to do with our sponsors. They don't know what we're going to talk about. And nine times out of ten, Hawaiians, we don't know what we're going to talk about. Ah, till next time, I'm Junior Gago Ever Junior, along with the Wayne Borhe Band. Ready? Uh? Mahalo, Hawaiians. We'll see you next time.